Let's talk about our guests, two amazing women. In fact, I could see where, you know, Kelly Noble Marabella is a recent new Amazon influencer. So who knows? Maybe she'll be on the stage for this next year because she's an amazing speaker. She's the queen of the chatbots. And here's a little fun fact for those of you, and I hope I don't embarrass her, but I say this all the time because it's true. So Kelly and I met at Social Media Marketing World, I want to say 2018. And that's when this whole like live streaming thing was starting to become big. And so we met like actually at the end of the conference, there was like this beer tour. So you know, we met over beers and she invited me to her Facebook group where she had a live challenge uh, to get live on Facebook. Well, that led to the Tim and Jim show that led to me, you know, being consistent. So I, I really give her, uh, you know, a lot of the responsibility for me standing here in front of you today. And, and I'll never forget There's it. probably no deal casters if not for Kelly Noble Mirabella. That is Would true. That, is that a, is that a, a, a stretch? Is I that a leap a true, or not? Okay. I don't right. think it's a leap. I don't think it's okay. a leap. All right. Uh, but, but Kelly is, is one of the best. She's, you know, always thinking about things in social. And so it's even appropriate, right? That her and Kendra uh, worked on this book together. And so Kelly is actually, she lives closer to us now. She moved from California to Texas. So she's, you know, maybe we can get her to Atlanta one of these days. We'll see. And then Kendra and I got to work together as part of the connections crew at Social Media Marketing World. And let me tell you, Kendra is also an amazing individual. She runs a, um, her company is uh, Moda Marketing. She's working in the cannabis field, which you're like, wow. So she's figuring out all the ways that you can legally uh, advertise for cannabis. She's an adjunct professor as well. So she teaches people uh, you know, at, in college about digital marketing. Just an amazing uh, person. I'm so glad that both of these uh, women, I consider them friends. I, I hope they, they feel the same way. But you know what, Chris? People are probably tired of hearing about us. So let's welcome the two amazing uh, authors of this great book, Digital Etiquette for Dummies, Kelly Noble Mirabella and Kendra Losey. Okay. Hi. Yay. That's quite the intro. I know. I love the little screen thing. It looked like we were actually sitting, standing next to each other. We stand like that all the time when we're together. Yeah. That's she's right. actually way taller than me. But I know. <laughs> well, you can do that right now. Yeah, virtually. Lean in. If you guys want to do <laughs> it. <laughs> right. Contained here by the box. <laughs> That's I'm right. sorry. Is that not be? Is it not good etiquette for a host to ask a guest to do something they weren't prepared to do all of a sudden? I think because it depends on the guest. But <laughs> I think on page forty. No. And I'm like, which section was that? I wrote that, that section. You would think I would know. <laughs> yeah. So, you, so this is—is is this the first book for both of you? Mm-hmm. It is. It's my first published book. Yeah. It's my yeah. first published book as well. Wow. So, so let's start with you, Kelly. What? What kind of drove you to uh, to get involved in this project? Oh, um, her name is Evie. And <laughs> she is eight fours. Um, so I've been wanting to write a book for like 14 years. And I've had book coaches. I've written chapters. I have chapters upon chapters. I have gone to writing classes. And I just never, never got over the hump of, you know, actually publishing. And then um, my girl Evie Hyman came and was like, hey, you guys want to write a book with me and we're all 
hmm, okay, yeah. <laughs> and so she brought us into the fold and um, she ended up going on to a different project, but we were able to hang on to the project and, and we were signed on with Wiley Publishing with the Dummies crew and were able to write this fantastic book and it was hyperspeed. They, oh, yeah. like, I guess usually it takes like a year to write a book. I think we did it, what, four months? Wow. <laughs> it was yeah. Insane how fast we wrote this book. So, and, you know, speaking of words, like this was my life for four months. <laughs> my life right there. Well, I thought it was incredible. And, you know, I showed this earlier, but what you don't see maybe in my little, my little square is all the dog ears that I have in there. And so right now, I feel like maybe Kelly and Kendra, you might be judging me a little bit because of, uh, you know, because I may not be doing the, the correct etiquette. But I think the thing that I liked um, most about this was, obviously, I went straight to the live streaming section. And when I went to the live streaming section, one of the things you talked about uh, very early on was the importance of sound. And the importance yes. of audio. Yes. Um, and a lot of people think video is is mostly about what you see. Um, but I, I, you know, you know, Kendra, uh, if if you want to take that, or or Kelly, whoever you get, wants to jump in on that, um, uh, talk about your your thoughts on the importance of audio for any live stream. I think we could both talk about that. I know, right? Like, <laughs> sure. Well, since my face is so big right now, I'll I'll take the lead, and then Kendra, you can jump in. Um, I've been live broadcasting since there's been live broadcasting. Like I used to have a show on Google Hangouts. That's how old I am. Um, and so one thing I learned very quickly, especially as I went into more YouTube, the world of YouTube and, and producing higher quality video, is that if you have bad sound, people won't stick around. They will forgive a lot. They will forgive bad lighting. They will forgive content that's kind of, you know, it's good content, but maybe needs some editing as long as you give them the answers but they will not forgive bad sound. So it took me a lot of time to really uh, hone in on good sound personally. I mean, I've been through Yeti mics. I own probably six of those um, Go, those, what are those little Go video? Ah, dang it. GoPro? I, no, not the GoPros. They're like, The, the Rode Wireless The Rode Wireless. I don't know why I kept saying Go. Thank you. The Rode Wireless. I own like three or four of them and I love them. They're my favorite lapel style. I've been, I have probably more lapels than anyone ever needs. And of course, now I have the, the, looks like the popular mic of the channel, which is the Sure. This thing is up. We're yeah. big fans of the MV7. Huge, huge fan of this. It's like changed my sound significantly. Amazing. Kendra, what are your thoughts on, on audio? Anything to add? I think Kelly covered a lot of it, but just whether you're live streaming or teaching or in a, I mean, in a meeting, if you don't have sound that people can hear, you're cutting off all your communication because no one wants to be... <laughs> right. right? You can't hear anything. No one's talking. It's that you're on mute stuff that happens that we've all heard more times than we want. But having audio that can really help you stand out makes a big difference. Yeah, and Kendra, you've been involved, especially, I, I would think, as, a, as an adjunct professor in a lot of virtual meetings, probably doing webinars, classes that she way. She wrote the chapters on it. <laughs> right. I did write those chapters for so, that very so reason. Like what a, it was a perfect segue. What, what have you seen as one of those issues in, in that space, especially with, I don't know, maybe people don't take it seriously? Do you think that's part of the problem? There's a couple things. And honestly, I just heard a couple people talking about this the other day. And I was like, oh, I've got a book for you. Um, a lot of people use the wrong platform for meetings and 
events and things. So if you're using a platform where anyone can talk and you're trying to do, whether it's a public meeting or a presentation and you're using, not to, Zoom's great, but it's not always the right answer. Then, you know, there's a lot of different platforms that are going to be much more effective. Somebody was telling me the other day that they were in a meeting and, you know, the CEO kept trying to present it and they were trying to listen to the stock updates or whatever it was. And there was somebody's grandma on there who kept like too close to them. I see up their <laughs> nose. They were talking. So, and actually, you know what it was? It was a graduation. It was a graduation. Oh and so all the family members were there trying to see. And when it t- came time for their family member to go up, you know, somebody was opening a bag of chips or something. So they're the face that popped on. So it was just the wrong platform at the wrong time. Mm. And it can really affect what people are hearing, what people are seeing, and just distractions. Yeah, I think uh, what what Jim and I do, and you guys saw that because your your guests is we put together a sort of a prep sheet for all of our guests, and um, not everybody reads it, um, which is which is fine. Um, but um, it, you know, it, I think at some point Jim and I keep wishing that people would kind of figure figure this out. It it's 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 not like it's super difficult, but you know, clean your lens. Um, you know, make sure that the light is in front of you, not behind you, so you don't look like you're in the witness protection program. <laughs> um, like all all of the things. Um, Kelly, what are what are some of the things that, you know, it, it, you spent four months putting uh, this was your life for four months. Yeah. What are some of the things that you see mostly still in terms of live video well now in terms of what people no we'll we'll keep it general in terms of uh, you know we can we can segue into um texting or you know something that you spent a lot of time with what just keeps popping up and popping up that you just wish people (laughs) would just learn already so many things like we literally everything in the book uh, (laughs) that's why it's in there some things that stand out to me though are um social media etiquette specifically for like groups. Group mm-hmm. etiquette is just, it is horrible. <laughs> Most people just don't know what they're doing or they do know what they're doing. I think the biggest issue that I see, and this is an issue across the board, is people just don't think. They don't think about the other person, whether it's that the anonymity of the internet has just made us um, unsympathetic or empathetic towards other mm-hmm. people and we just don't care. Or, you know, we have to have it our way. Um, or if it's just, we just, just forget that, you know, that there's a person on the other end and that really, it, it causes a lot of issues, whether it's, I'm going to send a group text, you know, group texting and group messaging are very different. And this is something we address in the book. Group texting, I can't opt out of a group text with 20 people. That's horrible. Please stop doing that. <laughs> um, I get them every Mother's Day. Stop it. You can opt out. You have a lot more control on Messenger or what have you in a group text. So just as Kendra said, a lot of times it's deciding on what is the best platform for communicating how you you wish to communicate that's going to give everyone the ability to make it enjoyable or to opt out. So that's one of the things that I find the the hardest is that people just don't seem to care. And, you know, we keep running into people trying to have arguments or bringing up topics that are very taboo in mom's groups or, you know, there's just this this idea that um, we forget that we're in a room with 5 million people and we're just going to say our opinion and it, it doesn't go over well. So I think it's just overall, if we could just stop, slow down and think, oh gosh, 
there's other people here. I'm not just sitting at my own little, you know, computer or on my own little phone. Um, and it's just me. There, it might be your screen, but there are humans on the other end. And we need to keep the empathy in social media, in digital marketing, in the way we communicate. That was one of my favorite things to address, right? Does it need, can it be a text message, a Slack message, mm -hmm. a messenger message, an email, a meeting, a in-person meeting? What does it need to be, right? Yeah. <laughs> We've all heard of those times that it doesn't need to be a meeting or it all comes back to knowing whether or not, you know, thinking about the other person and the purpose of your communication. Exactly. Yeah, because it's like, a, you know, a lot of times people will basically throw you into a meeting and they're not considerate of your time, right? And or so text. it's like, yeah. right. And so like, here's a, here's something I need, uh, I need help with. And so let me just sort of hijack your day or the next couple of hours, <laughs> right? And right. so I'm, uh, you know, I, I like to be mindful of that because it happens to me all the freaking time where people are just like, hey, Chris, I know you're the, you know, whatever, uh, something to do with podcasting. It's like, yeah, you know, people pay me to, to talk about that. You <laughs> yeah, know, stop picking so, my brain. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Can I pick your brain? No. I mean, yeah, you can absolutely pick my brain for the $500 an hour that I charge. Right, right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Pick all you want for as long as you want. Your for that. hour. <laughs> Yeah, so we've got a lot of folks that are chiming in on Amazon, and thank you awesome. all for uh, for joining. And as you know, we're talking about this fantastic book, Digital Etiquette for Dummies, and we have two of the authors of that book, Kelly Noble Mirabella and Kendra Losi, here with us. And there's some there's some great comments here about what you guys are saying, and there's some comments here like Dennis uh, D. Scott Smith says. Etiquette is not the same for all social media platforms. And I That's think, correct. you know, I, I think it would be great to kind of like go there. Like, mm -hmm. um, you know, we talk about live streaming, but we're talking about texting. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about Facebook Let's oh, versus Instagram versus, you know, all of these. So they all are, they all have their different thing, but somehow people treat, treat them the same. Um, and so what are some, maybe some, some etiquette, moves on on various platforms that are that are your sort of favorites to uh, you know talk to people about well I I do remember that we wrote quite a few chapters about <laughs> social media so just to, to be clear it is digital etiquette not social media etiquette but that we do cover quite a bit in social media but the idea is exactly that it's that there are different platforms and every platform as Kendra and I were both kind of not alluding to but straight up saying, is that you know know the rules, know the communication for that space. And so we do cover things like specifically messaging apps, specifically, um, you know, the difference between how you engage in a Facebook group versus, say, a Slack channel. So every platform is different. And my advice to people, again, is, you know, understand that there are other people and be empathetic to that, but also understand the platform. Like take time to understand the community and how it kind of is run so that you're not the one who's going out and making everyone miserable on those platforms. And one of the things, one of the sections that I covered in the initial social media section, what is, you know, what you do on Reddit is going to be different than what you do mm -hmm. on Pinterest versus Twitter versus Instagram. And covering a lot of the more, you know, in TikTok, covering all of those social media platforms at a very, I mean, very high level. But the point is that don't just dive in. Spend some time learning what the approach is and what works and what doesn't work, and then and then tackling it. 
especially if you're a market. So it's okay to be a lurker, right? You don't have to yeah, like jump absolutely. right in. Absolutely. It's recommended. Yeah, I think we actually talk about that, especially in the live video section. We're like, you know, you guys, it's okay to have lurkers and it's okay to just show up and watch. Um, it, obviously, a good uh, viewer will say hi <laughs> because, you know, we get on and we're like, hey, is anyone <laughs> Can you hear me? Um, is my sound working? But um, but also, I think those of us who've been around the digital marketing and digital world, I guess you could say, for quite some time, we can tell you that lurking is not a bad thing. There are so many people that you touch with what you do online. If you're a live streamer, there's so many people who learn from you, who watch you. Um, if you post blogs, if you have a podcast, whatever it is that you're creating content or you're engaging in, people are following you. And man, you'll find out years down the road that you impacted someone. You're like, really? I don't even know you. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, lurking is not necessarily bad. Um, especially when you're first new to that community. Like spend some time as, instead of the content creator, spend some time as the consumer, the person who's you know, taking it in and see how things work. Something to point out in the book is that it actually combines personal and business. Yes. So it's posting and understanding social media as a business and doing marketing and needing, understanding the need for like a crisis management plan or something happens and all of the the service, you know, the terms of service and all of the guidelines for your company, but also as a person, like I'm just going in for my personal accounts. Here's what I can handle and here's what I should do. So the two are blended together. So it's not mm. just for business and it's not just for personal. You will find insights on both. Right. Yeah. And, and the other thing I love about it is, you know, you don't have to learn all the things all at once. No one can, right? And so if you have interest in a particular platform or a particular uh, form of digital media, um, you can go right into this book, which we're talking about right now, available in the carousel here on Amazon. And if you're not over here on Amazon, go to dealcasters.live and you're going to join wonderful people uh, that are in the chat here. Deals with Mel, Melody Johnson's here. Jeff C., what is good, my friend? Welcome to the show. Uh, Jeff C's a big fan of you too. We love um, Jeff. Clearly. Yeah. Um, and there's somebody where I can't even like cats something and there's all kinds of emojis in their name. So <laughs> this is a, that would be a great segue there. But I, you know, like if if you wanted to know anything about emojis, you could look it up in the index and go to that page. If you mm -hmm. wanted to know, okay, what's uh, how do I how do I handle something um, you know related to kids and uh, homeschooling, which was another um, you know great uh, great section. You know it you know being flexible for kids' behavior, things like that. It's a good uh, resource. It's a good you know sort of like you don't have to read it cover to cover and go. I understand everything about digital <laughs> etiquette. You know you can just kind of use it as a reference piece. So I I love that aspect of it. I was just looking by the way at page seventy three is where you can mm. find the etiquette tips for each of the different platforms. Um, yeah, starts in seventy three. So so Kendra too, uh, kind of along those lines too. My I have a question for you and Kelly. What do you do? Like one of the challenges, you know, because we're talking about texting, we're talking about email, but it's like, how do you get that message to your group? Because like some people don't like email, some people don't like text, some people never check their Facebook Messenger, and then they get upset with you because it's like, oh, I didn't know that's where you sent the information. <laughs> I think that's part of, and I teach this too, right? It's the same as marketing versus personal. If you have a goal with your communication, whatever that goal is, whether it's to inform, entertain, you know, monitor and track a project, 
who are you communicating with? And does the information need to go into like a repository in a central place? But, you know, from a personal standpoint, if I'm trying to send flight information to somebody, you know, my mom's going to have a different approach than my boyfriend who's going to have a different approach than, you know, my grandmother. So it's all going to be like, it depends on who you're talking to and being aware of their situation and how they work. And if you don't know, ask, which is your preferred, you know, and if you're a business person, you know, if you're running a business or you have those norms as part of your, you know, your company culture, if your company culture is Slack, that's awesome. Use Slack. Just set that expectation. Yeah. Yep. Don't surprise people with a Facebook message about something that's (laughs) unworthy. Don't go to their MySpace account. (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah. And, and Kelly, because you've been heavily involved in chatbot marketing. Mm-hmm. And I would m- maybe say, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because I wouldn't be offended, but bad digital etiquette really caused a lot of changes in the chatbot industry because they were kind of maybe spamming people sometimes. Well, absolutely. Um, so I think a lot of people, they hear chatbot and they think bots. It is quite different. Quite different, but I do think that um, the technologies that we're seeing today with chat automations, um, specifically, because that's what you asked me about, um, are actually helping with digital etiquette. And it is something that I address in the messaging section, especially if you're a business, because I find it to be horrible etiquette as a business if you have people who are constantly messaging your, say, your Facebook page or your Google business, but you're not responding. Or you're just responding with an automation that says, call us. Well, people are messaging you. They, I guarantee you that audience does not want to call you. In fact, most people will not pick up the phone and call you. They'll go find someone else. So these chat automations make it so much easier for us to address that you know, glaring etiquette issue or that faux pas um, quite easily and very inexpensively. Well, I was going to ask about something. It's something, Jim, um, I noticed that uh, both of these ladies have down pat that I think we all can work at. Um, you know, Jim and I do remote production and we do a lot of events. And boy, do we get across the gamut in terms of, you know, uh, people and how not just digital etiquette, but how important is eye contact? Uh, in a in a virtual meeting, and in, <laughs> in, in a live, of course, right? But I, you know, eye contact and sure. um, maybe some maybe some tips, tricks, strategies around Incredibly that. Incredibly important. Um, I mean, as Jim mentioned, I I used to teach this. This is actually one of the things I taught in my challenge, and it is probably one of the hardest skills to master. I'm teaching my nine year old right now how to shoot video, and I have like sticky notes next to the camera. So that's your tip, everyone. But a sticky note, like those little arrow kind. Now, I'm not... This is really funny because I use a DSLR. So I'm up here. Hi, guys. But I, my uh, webcam is down here. So um, I don't have stickies. I'm pretty good at it. But sometimes I, I switch because I want to show something. And I'll forget that I switched. I'll be looking up when I should be looking at this camera. So it gets confusing. Even the pros get it mixed up. But it makes a big difference. And I'm going to show you why it makes a difference. Because if I'm down here and I'm talking or I'm looking at myself and I'm talking, hey, guys, yeah, you know, this is a great book. You should... That's a big difference that if I'm looking at you because you, the audience, you come in. Like we are together. We are having this conversation, right? And it's not always easy because especially... And I know you guys can attest to this. When you have comments and you have this going on and this going on, it takes work. But something I've always taught my students when we, um, when I used to do all the live challenges was that it's practice makes progress. We never go prefer- for perfection because there is no perfection. Right. Unless we're talking about someone like Stephanie Liu. But even Stephanie Liu would tell you, 
there is no perfection. So <laughs> funny story about that, actually, for a section in the book is that um, one of the things that we heard a lot about, especially in 2020, when everyone was moving on Zoom, was the like Zoom dysmorphia, right? Where people were seeing their face different because of the camera screen. And I kept putting that mention in the book about you don't want to look at yourself, you want to look at the camera. And the editor kept taking it out and saying, that's not a thing people do. It is a thing. And so I actually feel like, <laughs> and, and the editors were great, absolutely fantastic. But I finally like did a bunch of research, pulled a bunch of video news articles, you know, local TV news artic- news videos was like, here's 40 different references about this. Stop yeah. keeping that out. Um, and then thing. he said he asked around. It was only, it seemed to be the female um, co-workers. That's absolutely not true. Oh my right. God. I didn't go into that, but it was <laughs> like just a funny thing because the editor kept taking it out. And I was like, no, keep that in. Like, I'm not going to fight you on a lot of stuff with this one. <laughs> well, and there's teleprompters too, right? So yes. you yep. can use a teleprompter and then basically mirror your your Zoom call with uh, with that. And so if you... And I think it's more f- for people that want to feel the energy of of the other. Not necessarily like you want... You know, some people want to look at themselves, you know, make sure that, you know, they don't have something sure. in their teeth or, um, <laughs> or, or whatever. But when you want to drive a, a point home and you really want someone to... You, you, you want to look directly into the lens um, yeah. or, you know, there's just... People can't connect with you as as much, and I think for a lot of live streamers and some that are here in the chat, um, it is difficult because you you want to interact with people, but you have to look down at your device. And so this is yeah. a segue um, that that is uh, is is something that I consistently see, especially in virtual meetings. Is it, listen when we're in real meetings in in a conference room and somebody picks up their phone. It's a thing. It's a. It's definitely a thing. Um, but when you're in a virtual meeting, guess what? Still a thing, right? So how um, how do you get past that? How if you know if you're in a meeting, I mean, do you just like stick the phone under the table? Do you put it in 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 your purse in your pocket? Is it like what what what's the secret to not? looking at your device during a virtual meeting. Well, it's also the device. It's the Slack messages. It's all the side conversations that are happening. So I think that it's, you know, making sure people haven't put away, making... But part of that is that people are getting distracted because you're going off topic or the meeting's going too long. So part of it is just making sure as the host or the person leading the meeting that you have everything, that everyone knows the goals, that everything's succinct, that there's no questions about what you're covering in order to make it one non-hour-long meeting if you can make it a half hour, but also like try and just encourage the limiting of those side conversations. It's never going to happen all the way, but it just making sure you're focused and everyone's engaged and don't invite extra people. Someone doesn't need to be there. They just need to know, keep the meeting number small. Kendra, going back to, because you talked touched on this earlier, we're talking about like the meeting format. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like a lot of times, like even if you want to use Zoom, maybe it should be a Zoom webinar because you don't need everybody on screen. Or maybe you use a product like Ecamm or StreamYard where the people can be like in whatever, Facebook, YouTube group, and they can put their comments in there, but you don't need that distraction. Do you think that a lot of people feel like, well, everybody's got to be able to get their face on camera and and it's really not the case? It's really not the case. And I say this a lot when I teach. 
So I'm teaching at universities, um, and they're so they're working adults typically. And half the time they're coming home, they're tired. They don't want to be on camera. They've been working all day. So it's almost harder to teach to a black screen. <laughs> right. It, is. it, it really <laughs> is. Than it is at um, people's faces. But that's for me, not them. I'm the one teaching. They're the ones learning. I don't, you know, I have to, I had to train myself to be able to treat, teach to a room of black screens because I didn't need them on there unless they had a comment or a question. Um, is it ideal? Is it fun? Not as fun as being able to see their reactions, but you learn how to do it because you'll be looking at your camera anyway. <laughs> exactly. I don't pay attention to those students. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> so here's something, and I'm I'm seeing it in the chat right now, is acronyms, text talk. Mm -hmm. And we talked a little bit about know the platform that you're on and how things work. Are you going to be using uh, lots of emojis on LinkedIn, on replying to a post and using uh, GR and the number eight instead of spelling out the word great? Things like that. Um, uh, uh, Kelly, what are, what are some... Uh, what are some ways for people to understand like the platform that they're in if they're texting versus, you know, right now chatting on Amazon? I there's some I can't even understand um, <laughs> what's going on. What does HC stand for? I know what FB and IG stand for, but um anyway. Clubhouse, maybe? H no, that's <laughs> CH House, House Club. It's a it's Club. brand new, brand new uh, uh, platform just launched today. So one fun. of the things that we talk a lot about in the book is tone. Um, you can't read tone, right? Like I'm gonna if we all read the same email, some of us, we actually have a good friend. I'm not gonna say who it is, but <laughs> that person knows who they are who will read an email, the same exact email as us, and they'll be like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe that they said this. And I am so angry. And we'll be like, yeah, I think you're reading into this. <laughs> so tonality is so important. And that is not only the responsibility of the person sending, it is absolutely the responsibility of the person receiving. Wow. So we have to understand that. But why do I bring up tonality when you're talking emojis in shorthand? Because emojis are a way to help with tonality and they should be used sparingly depending on like if you're on LinkedIn or in emails, you don't want to go emoji crazy. But I personally don't think it's a big deal to throw an emoji in there, you know, at an email or something. Of course, if you're emailing like a boomer CEO, old school dude, maybe, maybe hold back on the exclamation points. I'm an exclamation point kind of gal. But uh, yes, know your platform. And I would personally, and I believe I wrote this in the chapters about this, is that when it comes to text talk, you absolutely need to know your audience. You absolutely need to know who you're talking to because and the platform, right? Because there's a lot of people, especially younger generations, who use very shorthand messaging, whereas us old folk, <laughs> old millennial here, um, while I understand millennial shorthand, I don't understand, you know, I don't know what the younger my daughter's generation. I'm like, I don't know what you're saying to me. Can you repeat yourself? Alpha. Alphas. Oh, the alphas. You think you think the ones after us, the the Zoomers or whatever, I don't know what they're called. But the point is, is that um, you need to know your audience and you need to know the platform. And these tools are wonderful. Emojis are wonderful for creating the right tonality, but we also don't want to go overboard. Sometimes it's better. I, I literally wrote this in the book. Like there is a section in the book specifically about the, um, the texting. And I know, Kendra, you wrote email. So I know that that was something you discussed as well, but about 
How do we balance the shorthand with emojis, with going like chapters of text? We don't want to do that either. So it comes down to the platform and the audience. What do you think of um, like the video messaging? Do you think that's a like something that's going to continue to grow where you can do just short video? I mean, I like it from the perspective of, right, I can read the tone a lot better because I think, you know, used to be like, maybe still is, right? Like sometimes like if someone texts you, you don't know the context or if you don't get texted back right away, people get upset and they don't always understand like maybe you're driving your car and you shouldn't be texting. Yeah, right. So uh, a couple of things. Number one, there's a big difference between SMS, text messaging, and messaging, messenger messaging, these sort of platforms, right? And this is addressed in the book and we've addressed a little bit before. For like group text, we don't want to group text on an SMS. Stop doing that, you guys. This is the bane. This is my thing. This is the thorn. Um, but, I can you know, tell. Yeah. <laughs> but, because Mother's Day was just, it just happened to me. 20 people. Um, but as, in terms of like video messaging, I personally don't think um, SMS is a good place for that. Number one, it takes up a lot of data. Number two, it's just not built for it. Now, in the future, I do think that the the technology will be there. And then when it is, fantastic. Same with voice. But when it comes to like Messenger, Voxer, um, what are some other? Marco Polo. Yep, exactly. Volley. These are platforms that are made for that. So just understanding that there are platforms for it. The other thing to consider is like, I use voice a lot. I'm actually dyslexic. I don't just say that. It annoys me when people say that they're dyslexic and they actually have not been diagnosed because I've actually done it. But as a dyslexic, it's so much easier for me to talk than text because it just it, it just absolutely is. But I also have to keep in mind that sometimes people are not in a place to listen, right? So if I'm sending a voice message on Messenger, I have to accept that person might not be able to get back to me right away. It's going to take a lot longer because they could be in a meeting. They could be with a baby that's sleeping. Um, unfortunately, Messenger doesn't have... Uh, what is it when they translate? Yeah, transcripts. Whereas something like Voxer, I use Voxer quite a bit because again, I like to talk. Um, it will transcribe. So, uh, you know, v- video is awesome. I use video a lot when I'm in situations on social media where people are trying to get hot with me, you know, like heated in a conversation. They, they're, I can see they're forgetting I'm a human and I will reply as a human in a video. So I'm like, hey, hi, <laughs> human here. You know, here's my point of view. So sometimes it is absolutely the most powerful thing you can do. I think, again, going way back to what Kendra was saying in the beginning was, um, you know, pick the thing that works for that audience and that platform and then set that expectation. And don't be afraid to mix and match. Like if it's the way you communicate, people will get used to that. But if you're a business, it's kind of different, right? We have to balance our personal use cases. Just keep in mind the expectation of when we will receive a response or if we'll ever receive a response, <laughs> right? If we use video or if we use um, text uh, or if we use voice. Because if we just text, it's often we can get something back much faster. And that's fine. It was a really long answer to that. No, question. it's great. Because I it, I think it segues uh, into... It, I mean, you're almost answered, but I'll, I'll let Kendra speak to this. Is it, I feel like with text and Facebook Messenger... A lot of times when someone sends me something, the expectation is that I better get back to them really quickly. Like it's a uh, ding dong, I'm at your front door. Uh, I know you're home type of deal. Um, and there'll be times where I'm, the, I'm 
doing a show with Kelly Noel Mirabella and Kendra Losi. And um, I can't get back to you. I've got texts, right? And so how... I think one thing that I've done is I'm, I purposely haven't answered something because I know it's not an emergency to kind of like, hey, um, I'm getting back to you. Not apologizing for the length of time I took to get back because... Never do that. I am not apologizing for that. This is the first opportunity I've had to answer you, right? What do we do with those expectations that, you know, maybe somebody comes back and they're like, finally... Right. Um, you know, I really, you know, when they didn't say I need this information back by such and such, well, maybe a phone call would have been better. Um, something like that. So I don't know, Kendra, do you want to speak to that as far as expectation on, on timing on all these different platforms? Absolutely. And I think it, once again, it goes back to, I covered this from an email perspective and messenger mm-hmm. perspective, both from business and personal, because sometimes an email, you know, you get the emails and they're going to be like quick responses. That's great. Yes. Do that. You're and other times you're like, I need to sit, I need to analyze what you said, I need to respond thoughtfully. And um, it just is a bigger lift. So you might not do it right that minute. You might wait till you have a little bit more time. And part of that is setting boundaries for yourself, right? Understanding and helping train people that, you know, I'm not gonna respond to you after 5 p.m. or I'm not gonna do this. And I, you know, I've had a couple of friends who've done that because that's their time for their family, right? Like I'm not gonna respond to you, you'll get it tomorrow. And that's on text as well as all of their communications because that's where their priorities are. And it makes sense if you can get people to, you know, it's making sure that you are setting those expectations ahead of time though. But also right. if you're the one resp- like sending the text message and you know, they haven't heard back in two hours, <laughs> give people a break. Once again, we're all busy. We're all doing something. And unless it is time sensitive, don't worry about it. But if it is time sensitive, once again, like I covered this too, consider your communication platform that you're using. If it's time sensitive, make a phone call, send a text, or you know, put that in the subject line. I need this, and you know, I need this ASAP. Just don't make everything time sensitive. I was going to say that. <laughs> don't cry wolf. Exactly, exactly. And some of that, you know, for personal <clears throat> is one thing. Once again, for business, it goes back to the corporate culture as well. Mm-hmm. It's the corporate culture that you're going to drop everything to respond to a Slack right away. That's not people. No one's going to be productive. So it's we wrote under- about that in the book too. By the way, we did. We did. So it's making sure that that is that you're considering all of those. And it, honestly, a lot of it comes back to being empathetic. If yeah. you're reading tone in, you know, don't assume the worst of somebody. Assume that they're busy. Assume that they're, you know, working. Assume that they care. Don't assume that they are just like angry at you and not responding. Well, and I know for me, and Chris knows, I talk about this all the time. If you call me and I don't have your number in my contacts, if you don't leave a message, I'm not calling you back. Yeah. Because if I did that every time somebody called, I'd never have any time to get anything done. So I also don't want to talk to people about my solar or my car warranty. Don't call me. I don't even like talking on the phone. So there's that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, D. Scott Smith on Amazon says, back in the old days of pagers in a factory, we added 911 to the message when it was a real emergency and needed a response. Yep. You know, I I just, I love how um, everything just kind of is going back to empathy. And Mm -hmm. and consideration for who you're you're speaking to. So I think it just kind of goes back to 
Like, I'm about to send this thing. How is this going to be received? Mm -hmm. Do I need to buffer it in some way? What's my expectation of when I hear back? How can I frame this message in such a way? That's a lot of thinking, right? Before you actually send something on a on a platform that is like firing like like crazy. Sure. Um, so how does someone that's first, you know, seeing besides buying this fantastic book, uh, Digital Etiquette for Dummies, we have uh, two of the authors here on our screen right now. Besides doing this and taking uh, the steps that you have here, what's some what's some ways? You're you're in a business and they've got Volley, they've got Slack, uh, there's Facebook, there's there's tech, there's all kinds of stuff that's flying around, and it's overwhelming mm. for someone. What's some advice maybe that you've got to kind of like uh, clear that mind junk away and say, well, this is my, this I have to do this right, I have to learn this. So buying this is a good uh, first step. But what are some what are some sort of tips, some maybe some some mental practical strategies maybe for for folks that are watching and listening? I think it, you just need to make it a habit, right? You said, oh, it's a lot of work to think about it. Yeah, the first couple times, but once you've trained yourself to think empathetically or pause before we respond, mm. it becomes a habit, and then it's just second nature to us. You know, many of us have been using our have had our sidekick here next to us since you know college. Um, some of us high school, I'm not that young, but, <laughs> uh, you know, it's become a habit to always be there, always be on and always respond and always have a quick and never pause. And I think we're getting to a point where that no longer serves us as a community. Right. And so we need to retrain ourselves to set boundaries, set mm. expectations and just say, you know, no, no, I don't need to be on TikTok. No, I don't need another voice app. I don't need to be on volley. I don't care how many... And this is really big for us marketers, right? Because it's fatigue. I think we all feel it, especially as old marketers. <laughs> old marketers, we're all like, yo, I remember when it was just Facebook. <laughs> it was the good old days. Um, so we just need to create boundaries for ourselves and like step away from everything else. And then once we create those habits and we set those expectations with people, people will learn how to communicate with us. And honestly, once you get to a point where you're like, this is who I am, I'm saying no to things. I am putting boundaries up. Even for people who may not know your boundaries, if they to come in, they're like, I don't like that about you. You know, for instance, you cannot call me. I told you already, I'm a business. You cannot call me. I don't like calls. And my schedule is very busy. I have two young children. I run two memberships. I do a lot. So if you want to talk on the phone with me, it doesn't matter if you're one of my clients. It doesn't matter if you're super VIP. You could be the president. You have to schedule that call. And I've had people say to me, well, that doesn't work for me. And I say, well, that's fine. That's how I do things. Allow me to refer you to someone else. Because you'll get to a point where you learn that your mental health and your boundaries are far more important. And the older you get, the more it becomes more important, honestly. I mean, Amen. it's important at a young age, but I think you learn. You're like, I've been abused long enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up because you're right. It's like um it is so much and and the whole idea is like listen, you got to yeah, at some point you got to cut a cord mm -hmm. and say I'm 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 not doing this. There are things that are more important whether it's your family uh you know or or other things besides folly uh or that that FOMO of oh, did you hear about this new thing, you know, Jim's always like 
oh, Chris, there's this new thing. It's awesome. I'm like, yeah, have fun it's with it, Jim. I don't need another one. I don't need, you know, it'll be gone. It'll be gone. But I'm not on, Cl- well, I'm on Clubhouse, but I'm not. I am, but I'm not. I, think I, get, I got on it for a minute and I was like, man. <laughs> it worked well for a couple months and then it didn't. That's right. Now it's gone. Yeah. Where is it, 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 so you guys didn't cover social audio in here, did you? I, you know what? I'm not sure. I don't think we touched on I don't podcasting know. much. That's okay. No, it's I gone anyway. It's hard. I, on page 74 is Clubhouse. Um, <laughs> look at the podcast. Oh, yeah. Back. yeah. Hey. Well, you know, they've got to have a second edition at some point. Or, so sorry. Not let them know. Part. Let our publishers know. Second edition. We need it. Yes. Like, we're all like, uh, I wrote the book and I still don't know. You're right. <laughs> I didn't do Clubhouse on there. So far. You know, for the platforms. I like it. It's on page 74. I guess we need another edition. <laughs> oh. You know, there's also a few things that got cut because we just had so much to say. So like, we did. wrote a whole chapter on business email and it's available on their website as well as a couple other chapters that didn't make it, because, oh. which is, you know, there's a lot more resources available, but there's just so much to cover. There is. But when yeah. it comes Digital to marketing is like encompassing so much. This is not just yes. social media, right? Yes. This is etiquette, edit, edit, yeah. Across um, the board, so lots there's of just stuff. Some, there's so many things. There's so many things we do wrong. I always say it's what? like the book that you want you you should have, but you don't want to be gifted. Yeah, Stop. right. Like I'm like, give this to your boss, and I was like, well, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> like anonymous, anonymous gift, the white elephant gift. I don't know who right. bought that book, but everyone. Needs- I think you need this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like your partner buying you a gym membership. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, honey. Thank For the you. record, if my partner is watching, I would love to have that Peloton bike. Seriously. Right? <laughs> you want, there isn't a sliver of you that wouldn't be like... No. I've been uh, asking, hinting, dropping like the most obvious hints ever. Like, oh, look, you can do memberships now, babe. Look, look at this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, D. Scott Smith over on Amazon says like sharing breath mints, an offer exactly. or suggestion. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I know we should do a whole episode, Kendra, about like how to gift it and like how to make Ooh. it sound like it was a good gift. <laughs> yes, like I yes. just finished this book. It was amazing. You have to read this. You know what? I just that you could borrow it if you. Want. I saw this and thought of you. I even marked a couple pages. <laughs> I felt it very valuable. Seriously, though, um, you know, I, I don't think I know everything, um, but I, I thought I knew enough to be dangerous about most things. And there was a lot of things that I was like, ooh, you know what? I didn't even think about that. And, you're, you know, it, this... This stuff is rolling, right? It's it's not you know the virtual stuff is not going away. Social media is not going away, and the 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 DNA of this entire conversation is uh, empathy and consideration for someone else. And so it doesn't matter if uh, three years from now there's you know Facebook is replaced by well let's let's be honest it's not going to be replaced. <laughs> I mean you never but, know. Uh, That's right. We, we can hope, um, but. <laughs> No, I'm sorry. I know. I know. I know. Facebook no, has not. a dear uh, place in your heart, uh, Kelly. But um, you know, it, these are still principles that you can use. And I think this is one of the things when we we speak to a number of authors that talk about that write books on social media or write books on digital, uh, and you could tell you someone, oh, you got to do this specific thing on Instagram and uh, do this with your stories. Well, guess what? By the time the book's printed, maybe they go away and that's not something on the platform. But what you have here 
are principles that are evergreen that will work on a lot of other platforms that may not be what you're talking about specifically, but do apply there. So I think that's one of the great things I thought about this was that, you know, it can still be a reference point for you. It doesn't have to be something that's like, well, that book over there, that that book talks about, it doesn't even have Clubhouse in it. You know, like, guess what? You can apply these things to social audio as well. If you keep in mind the empathy and consideration and um, how you're how you're doing that? I think that, I think that's one of the the great things about this book for sure. It's so funny you say that. One of the things that I love about teaching social media, right? Because I teach it a couple times a year at different universities. Every single time, I have to do a full like update of the course. It's not just and every time I'm like, why didn't I just you know do astronomy? Whether or not like all I have to do is check to see Pluto's planet status and then go along <laughs> my day. But every time and most of it is usually like looking up articles, looking up different videos and finding the best that I can find to teach the points that I need them to know because mm. nothing's evergreen. And to your point, by the time something gets published as a book, you're like, well, that was great. But where's the right. framework? Where's the details? Where's the hands-on? You have to have that in a real, near real-time um, session. Exactly. So it is like that was part of the idea going into this is what's the evergreen things that people need to know that's going to stand the test of time. Yes, you know. The fundamentals, yes. Exactly. Yeah, and you guys have definitely done that. I mean, there's Thank you. there's stuff in there that will continue to apply for years to come. You know, we we talked before uh, the show about what the book really could have been called, but we can't say that right now. Um, but but uh, it, it definitely, you, you, you two did a wonderful job, and we know along with Eric, in putting something together that is valuable, that is... And I think it's timeless in that it's going to be, you know, we may call things differently, but even if it was like video messages, right? A lot of that email stuff could still apply. Like, why are you sending the video? How long is it going to be? Like, am I going to watch a 20-minute video? Yeah, great point though, right? Like, if you're sending a video message, don't make it 20. Right. Some people do that with YouTube videos, but I digress. (laughs) You should hear me go on a YouTube rant, okay? (laughs) Uh, when you've been doing digital marketing as long as I have, you have many things to complain about. I'm like the you know the old lady, and I'm like, ah, oh, when I was a kid on <laughs> rant, 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 rant. I, I could write a whole book on rants. Uh, <laughs> we'll have you back okay. when you write that book. Here's the yeah. ideal world we want. Now let's let's make yeah. it happen. Make it happen. Yeah, the only thing on YouTube in here is YouTube Live. I see. Yeah, it's under live streaming. We didn't talk much on on recorded video um, streaming because I think the edit, the digital etiquette is more of the inter interconnectedness, right? It's mm-hmm. As a community, as an it's online community, it's, yeah, it's it's how are we um, how are we communicating? Now we do quite. There is sections in there about about comments and also about going viral, which. Absolutely can be a YouTube thing. It can be a TikTok thing. It could be, um, you know, there's been many instances of people going viral for the right things and for the wrong things. How do we handle that? How do we handle trolls? All these are applied to whatever social network you have because trust me, there are trolls everywhere. So there are definitely pieces in here that can address those etiquette things. It just doesn't specifically say on YouTube, this is happening. So. And it's also, to Kelly's point, right? Like you can go viral as an individual or as a business for the mm-hmm. right things or the wrong things. So understanding what that takes 
I know that um, I used to run the marketing for a large university at San Diego. And, you know, you never know what students were going to post, what faculty were going to post, what anyone in the university is going to post. There's hundreds of people who can say something. And so it was constantly like, what are the guidelines? What are the policies? What do we have in place? Who has access? Understanding what works from the, like, what as an employer you can control, you know, you can manage to, and what are those laws around that? Like, none of that part is sexy or glamorous when it comes to social media. But as a business, it's real important. And as an individual, it's important to know. But fun fact, we did pitch to our book editor, or the, to the, um, to our other author who has the the person. What do you call them, Kendra? The guy who gets us deals. <laughs> the agent? The, the deal guy? I'm having the worst mom brain today. I'm like, what is the thing called? <laughs> the agent. Uh, Act the agent. <laughs> yeah, we, we actually pitched this idea of content marketing, which I think will cover more, like not, did not etiquette, but like a book, a dummies book about content marketing, which I'm sure we would touch on some etiquette stuff as well. So that would probably be more specific to like, YouTube and blog mm-hmm. and podcasts. Right. So right. let them know, you know, let them know out there. That's a book you're interested in. Right. When they came to us and were like, okay, we want a book on digital etiquette. It needs to include personal and business. Go create the table of contents. <laughs> like, because, like, you know, your brain just so explodes. It's like, so what? Do you know? And then we just sat down like, rain like, it in. Let's let's get our rants out. What are the things that drive us crazy? <laughs> I know. I was going around like, what else bothers you? I'm talking to my husband. I'm talking to like my friends. What else bothers you? <laughs> like when I talk to my teacher friends, I'm like, okay, what drives you crazy over here? And then, you know, CEO friends, what drives you crazy over here? Like, let's get the gamut of things. <laughs> yeah, row it in. That's great that you did that because I, I guess, you know, my assumption, um, and if I were to sit down and write a book uh, like this, it would be like, my own experience, there would be a lot of my own experiences. Like, oh, I screwed up here. I did this wrong. I did this wrong. Um, you know, there, there's, of course, yeah, I saw, you know, this being done wrong. And so I can include that. So how many of these things um, are you too guilty of that you wrote about? <laughs> <laughs> there's, an, there's, a, there's a non-empathetic question that was not planned right I'd there. I'd have to read the book again. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean... Serious, I, I don't I, I don't mean to keep joking about it, but when you've been doing digital marketing for so long, yeah, I've done probably all of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sure. I've learned my lesson the hard way. So don't learn your lesson the hard way. Read the book and learn go. from our mistakes, our friends' mistakes, things we've experienced on the other side of. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for me, it I, I can remember times where I have taken things out of context in an email, or I can be very short in emails, and there have been situations where I'm too abrupt to some people and they're like oh you're so mean and people are like just throw in an emoji it doesn't seem so <laughs> like a uh, life experience so yeah i mean obviously there were some some hard lessons learned before having to get to the point where we wrote this <laughs> right well kelly i know you you taught me a lesson too when it came to live stream a couple of years ago it's like don't sit there and send all these people invites to your live show through private messaging right it, it's just, it can almost get to be spammy. So and, and even though they're your friend, it's like, you know, think about like, do you want them doing that to you all the time? Are you going to actually go watch the show? If you've got good content, they're going to watch it. They're going to watch on replay. They're going to watch when they're available. And I, and I remember, I think you were on a show with, uh, with Julie uh, Riley on Streamer, and we were talking about how sometimes people will just start 
tagging people right <laughs> during a live show. <laughs> oh, Lord. You know? Y'all be killing me. Yeah, no, it's it's it really comes down to the golden rule, right? How do you want to be treated? We are so inundated with content right now that it's it's overwhelming. So when you do stuff like that, where you're like, hey, I'm live today. I'm live right now. I'm live right now. And you're constantly sending messages when people didn't specifically say, hey, I want to know when you're live, right? Then what we're doing is creating noise. And when we create noise, they're going to ignore everything we send them. So, you know, Jim, you would never do this to me because obviously I taught you right. But let's say you're sending me a, a message on, you know, the DM on Messenger all the time about this. And then all of a sudden we're supposed to be having I get together down in San Diego to drink beer. I've missed that message. That's an important message. <laughs> so yeah, you, you don't want to create more noise for people. And that, this is just like content marketing 101. Hello, everyone. Welcome to content marketing 101. We're going to take a sidebar. You absolutely need to stop making just noise. Like bring some value, bring it worthwhile. The people, you know, this is kind of like the field of dreams. You, but you do have to still market yourself, get it out there, but do it in an appropriate way that you're not annoying people. On that line, one of the things that used to drive me crazy, especially working at a university, is if you think everything's important to somebody, nothing's going to be important. That's right. So if you send a really long email or do that 20-minute video or put in in that voicemail you left that's 10 minutes long, no one, no one's gonna, no one's gonna pay any attention. You are gonna get overlooked because after a while. It has been that you thought everything was important to this person and not paying attention to your target audience or who you're talking to. And, you know, not just telling them the key points. Can you tell them a bottom line person? I'm like, what's the bottom line? Yes. <laughs> but if you bottom send line me... Bottom line Exactly. And I've even taken, like to Kelly's point too, I've taken years of writing classes. I'm like halfway through an MFA in creative writing that I will never finish because I always wanted to be a writer. I never, ever thought that this would be the first book I wrote, but... I'm glad it is. Um, but it's one of those things where like if everything's important. When we first did this outline, and once again, chapters got cut because some of the things were more important than others. You have to prioritize your content and understand that if you have that message that you need or that thing, you, that ask you have, get to it. Don't spend three pages of emails asking, you know, trying to lead up to it or providing all the context. Amazing. I love it. I, you know, um, guys, we, it, this, we could talk for another three hours, but that would be <laughs> not very empathetic and considerate to humanity. Um, I mean, but, maybe humanity needs that. that <laughs> we really need it. I don't need it, but humanity needs it. <laughs> or they can order the book and read it. Oh, and wait, no, come that, back that's the clip notes another. right there. Yeah. Clip notes. There you go. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, car buying public of Amazon. <laughs> thank you for hanging out. Make sure you go down, click that carousel, pick up digital etiquette for dummies. They're not calling you a dummy. It's Aww. just kind of, that's the brand, right? Yes. So it's like, you know, uh, uh, you know, so anyway, chock full of great stuff that you can use now mm -hmm. to get yourself uh, caught up on all things digital. But also uh, what I love about it is the evergreen factor of it being a reference point for, um, you know, digital media that's to come. So sure. uh, Kelly and, and Kendra, if we'll, we'll just roll it to you. Uh, if you could just let everybody know the best place for them to throw you into a group chat. <laughs> <laughs> don't. That would be awesome. <laughs> don't. We don't want any part of that group chat. Um, you can find me at modamarketing.com or yeah, that's the best place or modamarketing at 
any of the social media channels. Yes. Uh, best place for me is on Instagram, actually. I spend a lot more time than necessary on there. Um, I am at Stellar247 everywhere. That's S-T-E-L-L-A-R-247. And if you go to a social network with the, you know Stellar247 and I'm not there, it's because I just don't find value in it. And I've learned to create boundaries. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Jim Fuse, uh, great job. Uh, any any parting words before we uh, uh, you know uh, tell everybody? Oh, oh uh, Amazon's out of stock on the book. <laughs> <laughs> does, does that happen? No. So better Who not. Knows? No, just th- thank you both, uh, Kendra and Kelly, for joining us. It was a thrill to to have you join us. And uh, you know, when your next book comes back, we hopefully uh, you guys will come back and spend some more time with us. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you. All right. Thanks, everyone. And as always, don't fear the gear. Thanks for listening to Dealcasters. Congratulations. You've taken another step forward in your content creation journey. Please don't forget to hit the subscribe or follow button here in your favorite podcast player so you can be reminded every time we drop an episode. We love hearing from our listeners and viewers. And if you're wanting to watch our shows live on Amazon, feel free to follow Dealcasters Live as well at dealcasters.live. Follow us on Twitter or subscribe to our YouTube channel where we also include added content that you cannot find anywhere else. If you have questions about this episode or have something you want us to review, you can also email us at dealcasters at dealcasters.live. Thanks again for listening. And you know the deal. Don't fear the gear.